Hi there and welcome back to another weekly episode of On Repeat with me, Ellie Rashid. And me, Hattie Winter. And this week we are talking to Safe Jazz, aka Lewis, or Lewis, aka Safe Jazz. <laughs> I know what you did there. <laughs> you know what I did. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, then you will know when you listen to this episode. <laughs> So Lewis is actually originally from Leicester, my hometown, and that's how we know each other. But he is now a Berlin-based producer working in the fractured seams of electronic music, producing sounds which feel kind of alien and familiar. Mm. So he moves fluidly between the more exploratory fringes of club music and expansive ambient soundscapes. Lewis's music kind of breathes this curiosity and fractitious detail. And then before Lewis became Safe Jazz, he also played bass and added electronics to various bands such as Good Guy Clarence in Brighton and also co-founded the live film scoring and audiovisual event Luma on the South Coast, which is a night that we do talk about later on in the episode. Lewis has also just released an EP called Silk and it's available on Bandcamp. We'll have the links in our show notes. And he's very kindly let us use a track, which is in the background. It's also called Silk and it's really just a brilliant debut that we definitely urge you to go and check out. And I mean, the artwork is also absolutely brilliant. And I mean, it makes sense as he's a very visual person, which is again, something that we talk about later on in the show. So definitely go and check that out when you've got a spare five minutes. Yeah, it's really exciting to see all of this from Lewis, actually, because when I was growing up in Leicester, Lewis was one of those people I always saw from afar, was making music, and Leicester had quite a big kind of indie scene. Everyone was in bands, and I know he was involved in that scene quite a lot. So to just see how his styles really come on and see the music that he's making now is so lovely. And, uh, yeah, really proud, really, really proud. Of the fellow Leicester represent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, he's great. He's really, really great. So, in this episode, we're going to be reflecting on Lewis's journey of music making, learning production, and also our predictions for the future of music and genres post lockdown. Yeah, it'd be interesting to refer back to this episode actually in 2021. 2022. Indeed. What's going to (laughs) happen? Yeah, I was just like looking. Listen, listen and find out, I guess. (laughs) No, 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 yeah. I can't even, yeah. (laughs) Without much further ado, we are introducing you to the very lovely Lewis, aka Safe Jazz. So, yeah, keep it locked on repeat and uh, enjoy. Hi, I'm Lewis. I make music under the alias Safe Jazz. I'm a producer, um, radio DJ, and occasional sound artist. Um, I'm from the UK, and I'm currently based in Berlin. That's perfect. You're you're uh, you're natural. Oh, thanks. So, um, so Lewis, you're in your room now in Berlin. Yes, you are in Berlin. I'm in Berlin. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Should have known from like all the black, like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Black, the mood lighting. I was like, that's actually a very Berlin aesthetic. So it fits very well. <laughs> I tried to give it away, but maybe it didn't come across. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think um, attracted you to Berlin specifically? Um, it's hard to say, to be honest. Like I was kind of in this period of time where I was like ready to move out of Brighton, but 
what not really sure where to go and kind of was sort of like interested in going to like a bigger city um obviously london being like the obvious choice but then so i was kind of just like thinking about places where it felt like there was a good kind of like work-life balance and where people seem to be doing interesting things and yeah i don't know i guess like berlin seemed to just take those boxes yeah it's, it's funny um, it's funny last time i saw you you were talking about people saying that you're like a berlin-based producer and that you felt like well, like, I don't know, I think yeah, you I were being like humble, fraud. but it was quite funny when you were describing it because you were sort of <laughs> saying it, cause, because I guess like Berlin-based producer has that kind of weight to it and the expectation. Yeah. Like, do you like... An expectation that I don't think I <laughs> meet. But like, <laughs> oh no. But like, but I think it was just because like that was said like when I hadn't lived here for that long. So I just felt a bit like, but that's also like technically true, but... Yeah. Mm. You know. How how long have you lived there now? So I've lived there now. I've lived here now for like eight months. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I moved here in February. So you do the math. Just yeah. before everything kicked off. Yeah, pretty much just in time. Been... Just in time for the best best time ever. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the last Bergheim. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even make it to Bergheim. <laughs> yeah. That's so but good. You were, yeah. But you were um, bringing out music like pretty much during lockdown, though, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the kind of the music was like made quite a long time before right. that. Right. Like it was those the tracks that I've been. Well, I released one track about yeah, I guess like two months ago now, and then got some more tracks coming out soon. And that bunch of tracks all kind of came from the, probably like the year or maybe a bit longer before I moved to Berlin. And then when I came here and had it kind of had a little bit more time, and I was just kind of spending a bit more time, or well, making more music, but also just thinking about releasing music and starting to like let, make a little plan for that and like deciding a moniker and like deciding like how we were going to do it and stuff like that. And like, so kind of, it was like during lockdown, actually I more had the time to do the admin. Yeah, had the time. Mm. Kind of get it all together and just like, you know, kind of commit to doing it. wondered if um there would be a kind of a new genre that would come out of lockdown like that was a sort of extension oh, of yeah. the bedroom producer type thing um yeah I think people tried <laughs> I guess we'll see like <laughs> I guess we'll kind of like see with time I suppose it's sort of one of those things that like yeah I remember there was a lot of stuff like floating around like you know kind of like tracks coming out that were like inspired by isolation all that kind of thing but I was I was sort of thinking like it will only be like a little bit of time after that we'll be able to look back and kind of see whether there are any kind of like distinct sounds that were kind of yeah. coming out of it because otherwise it's just a bit you're too like in it to really have that kind of reflection I suppose but I, I guess it's surely going to have an impact isn't it? it's such a like intense kind of um experience for everyone in different ways mm. obviously but in some ways in quite a unique across the board way um, I imagine, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some, some kind of interesting things to come out of it, uh, like music-wise. Because I'm imagining like summer 2021, um, once everyone's sort of just coming out of it and seeing the the end. I guess you can't. I don't know how much you can make whilst you're in it. That's going to be like a new. I don't think you can birth a new genre whilst you're inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have the. You have to finish a thing. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. 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 This is uh this is really interesting actually because I feel like we've we've like never touched on this so like the idea of 
being able to, like you were saying, Lewis, like reflect um, within a time, like within a period. And yeah, mm. like, do you both think that, do you really mm. both think that that's like entirely impossible? Because I'd argue that there are some artists that manage to do it and pinpoint it. Like for whether you love him or hate him or whatever, I think Kanye West managed to do it. Like with yeah. like, like, for sure, like capture the zeitgeist kind of as it's happening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah, I think for sure people like people um, are really, really good at capturing the sort of present mood and stuff like that. But in terms of like there being new sounds that like emerge from mm-hmm. lockdown, I think that's the kind of thing that is just a bit easier to talk about like afterwards because like the mm-hmm. patterns have, have sort of set a little bit and like you can't really. It's well, for me at least. It's quite hard to like reflect on um reflect on those kind of like less singular things there's more kind of like uh scene based patterns or like like it's hard to reflect on trends basically until a bit later whereas like a singular artist can have like a singular kind of bit of output that sort of is about a singular event or mood and that can be so just like Mm. in the moment and bang on and whatever but it's it's yeah i just think it's a slightly different thing from like but i don't know yeah, if that makes sense. I I totally agree that I think it would be... You know when you hear certain songs and you you know exactly what year they yeah. were yeah, made yeah. because of, like, the yeah. sounds that are within it? If you mm. listen to, like, I don't know, Duran Duran mm. or, like, you, you can pinpoint all the, like, the, the type of snare drum they're using and I don't think that we're going to have that until things are Yeah, over. yeah. I think the yeah. only thing that's going to bond us right now is the fact that, like the quality is going to be all over the place. That's kind of what the sound is right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. People are very forgiving of like yeah, yeah. bad, oh, yeah, yeah, bad zoom calls yeah. or like um, slightly weird like visuals. Uh, I thought you meant quality of music. I thought you were making Oh no. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Just because you want to rip the shit out of your... <laughs> the main variable right now is quality. I mean, like, you know, like you look at like TV adverts and they're all like... They're all built on iPhones and stuff like that. Not to do with like the like the actual quality, but just like the kind of. I think that's going to be the yeah the yeah. sound right now. Yeah, but that's not a, yeah. that's not a movement in my opinion. I kind of wonder if people find will find it a bit traumatic as well because we're going to have so many films about like this period, and I don't know if anyone really will yeah. want to see them because we've sort of lived through it. Yeah, no, I'm down. It's kind of a weird one, isn't it? Because it's sort of like it's probably the most dramatic thing that's happened in our lifetime, but also like what would you recreate? Do you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, just a bunch of people just not doing it. It's, it's, it's all about what's not happened. Do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like, it's a really weird one because it's like simultaneously so dramatic and also like, like incredibly lacking in drama. You know, in, in some ways it's kind of just like, in terms of like, like my experience of it, for example, is just kind of more characterized by a lack of like things happening or a lack of, you yeah. know, so it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting in that way, that, that duality of it, sort of like, yeah, simultaneously this kind of like really historic thing, but also like, what are we like, I don't know, like, what's that? What's... Yeah, every day rolls into the Yeah, day. yeah, yeah. Especially when everyone was like more at home and stuff like that. It was, which is like a really, still really interesting thing because it, you know, it's probably the, for a lot of people, it's probably the first time they had that much free time, which I think has quite like an interesting impact on you and like how you choose to spend mm-hmm. your time and like how you choose to sort of like, think about your like purpose and stuff like that yeah it's kind of interesting yeah. were you doing anything other than music in your free time um Did you pick up any quarantine hobbies 
I actually quite shamefully didn't really pick up any new hobbies. I don't think I just did everything that I normally do, but like way more and just at a way more relaxed pace. I think so. I was kind of like doing music, but I was just kind of like, I feel like when I was at uni and I would, I would spend like way, way longer on tracks, basically I would kind of just spend like whole days and stuff like that. And then when I had to kind of work all the time, um, it became a lot more of a thing where I was like squeezing it in. And so it was really nice. Like at the start of lockdown I was at home a lot more. It was really, I just spent like way longer doing music and it wasn't necessarily like that much more productive, but it felt better for me. Like I just, you know, kind of like just take, let things take however long they needed to take and not be like, come on, you've got to do music. You've got to like, you know, so I was doing that. And then I was just like skateboarding a lot. I was like running a lot, um, stretching a lot, eating really nice food, just kind of, yeah. I think that was like my my lockdown. I think it's it's difficult because it always feels like, well, I felt like anyway, there was so much pressure to sort of take up a hobby. And I think that can be quite difficult if you're a musician. Yeah, I mean, it's just that thing of like, you don't have to. No. You've got to kind of like... (laughs) I think it's hard for anyone. I don't think just musicians. I think everyone starts off with the best intentions of learning French. And then all you just realise is that you've bought all these French books. Six months later, you've never touched them. It's nothing to do with being a musician. It's just that I I agree. I think if you've got a couple of hobbies that you're doing, it's way better than trying to pick up 15 more that you're just going to scratch the surface of. Yeah, yeah. And you have to see what That's what I tell myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on this one for sure. (laughs) I think you also have to just like, it's such a, I don't know, it's such a massive thing to process. Also, it's like, it's also fair enough and quite good to just give yourself time and space as well and not you don't have to use the time you know what I mean it's like like just thinking about it is quite a lot in some ways and just processing the fact that you're kind of leaving one era in some ways and you're entering into this new kind of thing so it's it's like good to just take a bit of time to like take that in you know and I don't think you like have to just be like smashing it up like the whole time. Um, where did you get your how did you find your name safe jazz Uh, it doesn't really mean anything I sort of like the way it looks Um, yeah I was just kind of like typing in loads of like stuff like things that I thought could be a name and then I just noticed that that word sort of was symmetrical oh yeah so it has like the F yeah they're like upside down kind of yeah I've just noticed that now it looks really cool and that was kind of it really I was just like oh I just quite like the way it looks and then I just like put it as my SoundCloud username and I was like, yeah, I kind of still like how it looks. And then I was a bit like jarred when like I first started saying it out loud to people because it just felt like this little thing that was just in my head and on my computer. And then I was like, oh, it's like, I've got to like, say this out loud. But I, don't know, I was just like, oh, that's just like what I put on SoundCloud and I kind of liked the way it looked. And Yeah, it's like a half palindrome. <laughs> now I'm stuck with it. <laughs> it. It's always like that with new names. Like I really try, like, I was kind of like, nah, I should come up with something better for ages and I trying to come up with something and I was just like it's just been that for long enough now that I don't know like I'm kind of used to it and it's definitely a thing as well like the way it looks on a page I know that's something that I think about as well it's so important but you can be like okay so like I'm gonna go for a name that looks good on paper but it's gonna be really mm. weird to say it and mm, it's gonna take mm. me a long time to get used to saying it and everybody else is gonna be like but I think in, in reality, no one else really cares. Like, because people yeah, are so yeah. used to saying, like, band names and, like... <laughs> That's the thing. Artist names. And I just think if you have it for long enough, everyone just kind of accepts it. 
I was kind of like a bit of my logic. I was just like, if it'll just be that and I'm used to it and people will just get used to it and that'll just be, you know what I mean? That'll be the name. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think like people go about it differently. Like some people kind of like to have a bit of a like funny thing mm. in it or, you know, some kind of like play and then like, which is also cool. I don't know. I kind of like the ones where you're like, oh, it's just that. I don't know. Like, mm. you know, like Daft Punk were named after like a bad review they old their old band got. I didn't actually so know just, that. Like, said it was just like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. This is just like Daft Punk, and they were just, and it was kind of cool that they just yeah. like took that and like, and then made this kind of like electronica thing with it. Um, I kind of like, I guess like things like that. So yeah, I, I kind of thought, I thought loads about it, like all these different ways people like come up with names and stuff like that, and then. In the end, I just couldn't think of one. And I just was like, that looks nice. <laughs> so it was kind of just that. I actually, I actually think that's really cool because um, I, whether, I don't know if you meant to do this or not, but I feel like now you've you've said, and I'm looking now at at the word safe jazz, I'm looking at it. And because like um, your music is, well, like it's, it's like, oh, somebody at least said it's like a sort of, uh, a happy medium of like some like alien and familiar sounds I feel like if you if you get me my drift like it feels like that's really appropriate like for the name do you know what I mean like the kind of symmetry of it yeah there was kind of there's a kind of a, a bit of like that in there I mean I, re- I initially like actually I don't know how much I want to go into this we want to go in <laughs> but there's a few like things that I think about it as well but they're just like little like there's a little thing of like duality in there for me um yeah I kind of like that idea of like marrying but I mean that this isn't really about the name but just generally like just quite like the idea of like like trying to trying to sort of marry things that like feel a bit different or feel a bit like at odds kind of thing um yeah is that what you're trying to achieve in your in your music yeah I guess in some ways yeah I don't think it's like yeah I think some tracks more than others but on that's definitely something that I think about, like here and there. I've got a track on the EP which kind of has this, like, kind of starts out quite like glitchy and stuff, and then it's sort of this softer, kind of more like melodic aspect, sort of like pushes through and eventually becomes the kind of like main kind of set of sounds. And I, I sort of like was quite interested in this idea of like, which isn't like new at all, but just like playing with that duality of the kind of like harsher stuff and the more kind of like sweet stuff. And then also just th- doing things like quite interested in making like ambient tracks where there's kind of this always, this kind of gentle, but like running kind of rhythm and slight glitch to it. So it kind of have, you have this nice thing where you're kind of like zoning out, but also your brain can still, isn't, it doesn't get like, at least my brain doesn't get yeah. like too bored. It kind of has a little thing to kind of like roll onto and, kind of like it's not exactly like a like a severe duality or anything but like yeah I kind of picture those as two slightly separate elements I'm trying to mm. find that kind of yeah like I'm not necessarily that into like I sometimes I am but I'm not necessarily into like ambient music that's like overly overly ambient what would it mean to be like overly ambient how would that sound kind of like thinking of like new age stuff or like stuff from the 80s where it was like and I'm really not hating on this because I do like it sometimes, but stuff where it's super, super peaceful and quite like, mm. I do like it like sometimes, but often I really want like that kind of simplicity and that peacefulness to be married with like something a bit more kind of unusual or like with a bit more energy maybe. 
Something that like keeps you going, maybe. Yeah, I think so kind I, of. Yeah, I yeah. think some of the ambient stuff can be a bit um, like meditative. Which, yeah, if yeah. you're kind of looking for that, it's perfect. But if you're yeah. not, then it's a bit like. Yeah, I find it a bit sound bathy. Yeah, yeah, of... yeah. Which I do also like has a has a place for sure, and I I really like have a time for that. I'm someone I've unfortunately never been able to meditate. Like I'm quite high energy. So I just sort of struggle, mm. but my, me- I mean, the closest thing I get to meditation, I guess, is running. Um, and I, I sort mm, of zone mm. out in that way. And I feel like exactly what you're saying about some of this music, almost like a sort of trance, like you're kind of zoned out, but you're not like, there's right. enough things for your brain to latch onto. But I also, I also yeah. thought, if, cause my mum is, is uh, like, she probably, she's, maybe we cut this bit out, but um like because i i make kind of like ambient music as well i guess and it's very difficult to explain to people who um only ever listen to like queen what that is and i guess she would label it as like spa music right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. like but that's like why like that's like that's a bad thing that's like a great thing right it's like i don't know having like a music that you'd want to like spa that's that's incredible you know (laughs) I don't know. I think like a lot of, yeah, sometimes with that kind of, sometimes I think people see things by what they're not, you know, like it's like not melodic enough or it's not like high energy enough or whatever. But that's also just like, I don't know, it's just a different thing. You know what I mean? It's like, that's kind of nice. It's all just subjective. Yeah, it's subjective. And it's also just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes people are just like, and like myself included, you can get like too sucked into like one set of expectations from music. It's just nice to be like, oh, okay, it's none of the things that I really look for, but that's also like just, you know, being a bit like open to that, I guess. But I don't Do you know. think yeah. that would be like an argument for maybe not labeling things like in specific genres? I'm just looking, <laughs> I'm just looking now at, um, at spa music, um, <laughs> spa lounge, relaxing massage, like yeah. all these things. And obviously, like you have these put into categories. Yeah. Like this is how funny like Spotify is now. Like, but like you said, yeah. just, is that going to kind of like cloud your expectation of things? And it must be so hard as well when you yeah, make ambient music. I know you did. I don't think you wrote your bio, did you, on Spotify? But no, my friend, my friend, your wrote mate that for wrote, me. wrote it because it's so difficult for ambient music to actually find um, to be able to kind of make a bio that expresses like or articulates what your music actually is when it's it's really hard to pinpoint i guess because you wouldn't you can't yeah yeah do you just say to people like oh i know that's all down to my my friend harry he's just like he's just the 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 absolute best at writing about music like i've always just i think he's done he did he did a little bit of it whilst we were i think it was whilst we were at uni or maybe just after and i was just like it's just like so good at just pinpointing what it is that makes music yeah. kind of special yeah um so yeah so and he like thankfully it was really like hyped that he was he did he did my like all my like release um bio and stuff like that um because yeah he's just so good at like i like i felt like i was like oh that that's it but i hadn't thought of that you know what i mean it's kind of like it was he, he did a really really good job of that. that's really um, nice to have someone but yeah. reflect on sort of because you can sometimes be too close to it, I think. Not you specifically, but... Yeah, 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 definitely. 
You're too in it. Yeah, I find it so hard to like describe because also it's like you've made some stuff and then your brain's kind of like half on that, but it's half. You're always thinking about where you want to, what you want to do next. So I'm almost like, or like what you kind of would, would really, really want to do if you could, and all these kinds of things. It's really hard to be like, wait, what? What is my actual sound of the stuff I actually make? You know what I mean? I feel like really hard because I'm like listening to it. And I'm like, oh, it's cool because it's almost that, or it's cool because it's like, it's kind of could go towards that, and maybe the next track could be that. You know, so I just like feel like I'm just I find it really hard to listen to it and just be like, it sounds like these artists and it does this, this and this and it's that, you know, I just so it's, it's super helpful to have someone else that doesn't isn't just in your brain. It could just like take the track and be like, it's like this, you know, and just just say kind of what it sounds like. So um, how long have you been making music? Um, so I've been, I don't know, it's hard to say because I've kind of been like, I started playing like guitar when I was like nine or something, like in, you know, when they first come around and like, get you to do sort of music lessons at school. I kind of did that. And then when I was like, I think when I was like 14 or something, I started like writing songs and like trying to get a band together and stuff like that. And I was kind of doing band stuff for, for a long time. And then I went to uni and then I only started kind of like producing, like I was kind of, I don't know, I guess there was a time at uni where I was making these like compositions, which it was like production, but it wasn't really like production production. It was just kind of like recording, multi-tracking, um, a tiny, tiny bit of like EQing and stuff, but it was more about what I was playing in rather than what I was doing on the computer. And then, yeah, I think at some point I became a bit disillusioned slightly with the like band stuff that I was doing and kind of felt like I was a bit more interested in um, the pedals and the guitar really. And I was just like, there was like sometimes where I was like playing guitar and then like getting it in these like really big delay loops. And then at some point I was like, I haven't actually touched the guitar for like an hour. I've just been like playing with the pedal. <laughs> and then like, yeah. I think just gradually it was just like, I really love that side of things. And, and then at some, yeah, I remember like there was that like one day actually that like my friend came from London to like a party that we were, but we like had a little house party. And then he like in the morning, we were just like chatting about music and stuff. And he was just like, oh, I've got this USB with like loads of stuff on it. And I'm not going to like incriminate myself exactly, but like it just gave me all this like kit basically. <laughs> and like it just gave tell. me so much stuff. And then the next morning I was just like, or the next day or whatever, like that week or something, I was just like sick. I've got, I just like started just like, that. I felt like it was just like, I'm just going to make electronic music. Like I just kind of started like, cause I've been kind of listening to it for a little while around then to like, so I just like playing around with it properly then. And um, mm. that felt like a bit, that felt like the most like concrete wow. sort of like point where there was a bit of a, like I obviously like I really, I was kind of like playing around with it a little bit, but then I was kind of like, I've got my little setup at home now. I can just like crack on and just do this all the time. And yeah. What, and, what was on the USB? Was it like samples? Was it, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to incriminate yourself. I'm just wondering what their kind of portfolio of, um, was it all like various genres? Or was it all kind of um, pretty broad or all the same? It wasn't really like genre stuff. It, yeah, it was good. It was just loads of like drum sounds and like um, loads of drum sounds, loads of just like atmospheric samples and then just loads of like random samples, like house, there was like a folder with like household hits, like Spade and like um, just loads of like someone had done some like home recordings and then loads of sounds from like old like video games. Um, just like enough, just enough to kind of like get you going. You know what I mean? Well, like a decent starter kit. No, we don't worry, we won't incriminate you.
If you could uh, have another teenage year era, we're going to go back to uh, 2010 now, and you get to live those years again. If you could pick an instrument that you could learn, what would it be? A different one, Ooh. and you can you get free lessons, and you get the best teacher. Well, okay, I'll take a minute on that one. I think it would have to be like probably probably like. I don't know, like the jazz flute or something. I'm trying to think of something that's like I want. I would. I would love to learn something that's like sounds great, and is not that many people can play. So that you're like the one that mm. plays that. But then also, I wouldn't want something that heavy because I'm quite lazy when it comes to like carrying stuff around. That's a good point. If you learn the flute, though, you could just play with. You could play with Lizzo, which oh, would be great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's yeah, a great, yeah, the dream. That, that's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I reckon final answer, like the flute and play with Lizzo or the sax, maybe. Do you reckon she'd let me play the sax with her? Oh, definitely. Okay, cool. In that case, actually, yeah. I'm going to change my answer and say the sax because I think actually, <laughs> I think that's my favourite sound. It just sounds amazing. I just feel like it's so, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I just think it sounds so good. It's just, it's like probably my favourite sound of the, of like all instruments <laughs> possibly. Do you use it in your productions now? No, I've never used it in my productions actually. No, I don't know. Well, I have like I've, I think I have one friend that plays sax. I've never recorded her. Do you yeah, use no, no. um like digital kind of sounds, or do you use like actual instruments? Yeah. Or do you sampling? Uh, I mainly just do completely digital. Yeah, but I have I use a couple of samples now and then. I did some. I did a project like a while ago. Like recorded um, some friends had this kind of improv duo where it's like cello and cornet and i did it for uni so i could borrow these really nice mics from uni and stuff like that um so i've got a really really nice recording of them and now and then i use that in samples um but not really to be honest i quite like i find it sometimes quite satisfying to just get everything out of ableton and i use a couple of like synths and drum machines and stuff but not like too much really so i don't know why i quite like this idea of like i quite like to get everything out of um Mm. Uh, the digital stuff really at the moment I mean, anyway sound, yeah it sounded like you were really into like the manipulation of sounds yeah like, yeah from the beginning yeah. yeah definitely that's often just how the ideas kind of start anyway it's like just get a little loop and then kind of play with different automation patterns and sort of just keep twiddling all these things until there's like some kind of something like that feels kind of special and then just work out from there but yeah I quite I don't know I definitely, I definitely quite like the digital aesthetic. I think, yeah, I'm quite like, analog is also really great, but I think sometimes it's just like people just, I don't know. Sometimes analog just feels a bit like, yeah, not as exciting to me sometimes. But some like it has it also has its place, but I find digital a little bit more exciting. And there's some producers that have this like super like digital kind of sound. And I just find it really exciting and kind of like bold in a way. Like who? Are there any like major um, influences that you can think of? I think Object has like a really digital aesthetic. There's there's definitely people that are way more kind of playing with this like plastic kind of hyper modern kind of sound than than that. Like they're more like focused on that at least. But like uh, yeah, his his record for sure. His records for sure. I like really. They sound very, they sound like digital, like, um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like, oh, I, I can't think of anything like off the top of my head. 
<laughs> but I definitely <laughs> feel like there's like, like little movements of just people that are like kind of, you know, all the like visual imagery is very like internet-y and very like glitchy and like people that are just really embracing that like computer-y sort mm. of sound. Mm. Is, kind um, of like the PC music. PC music, kind exactly. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of sound. Yeah, like, yeah. So, like, so overtly like. Yeah. Like kind of online and kind yeah. of synthetic, yeah. but not. It's. Um, yeah, totally. That's it. Hyper modern. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Like that in, that's something I find quite interesting because mm. I definitely just, I don't know. I think there's like a lot of nostalgia in, in music that's trying to sound a bit more like classic or something like sometimes. And sometimes I just find that a bit like not that interesting. Mm. I quite like when people just, yeah, embrace this, like this type of stuff. I, I do think it's funny. I think maybe we are a kind of, I think earlier on about kind of this juxtaposition and duality. And I think we're at a point where people are making like really like hyper modern kind of, not forward thinking, but like very much like futuristic sounds. Yeah. And then you have on the other side, I think a lot of people going back to like disco and like yeah. particularly in like pop music, there's loads of like disco influences yeah. and 70s kind of sounds coming up. Yeah, it, yeah. I just find that really interesting. That that's it is interesting. Yeah, I definitely, I think that like those kinds of things are, I don't know. Yeah, I just sort of feel like it's not always great to like be looking back the whole time. I think it's better to be like, and we, I think we all do it because like we have this like reference point and we like love this stuff that came out in the past and we use it as kind of reference points and stuff. But you do sometimes get these scenes where it feels a bit like overly, overly depending on this it's sense of nostalgia. Nostalgic. Yeah, and it just feels a bit like. Mm. Ooh. I don't know. I think I'm even thinking now if maybe that's like political. Like I think so yeah. many people are like, we can't wait to be out this time and be like, yeah, yeah. In the future. And other people yeah. are like, bring back the seventies. Yeah, yeah. So maybe totally. that's. Maybe I think that's like yeah. Why music has this kind of really? It's sort of funny when music kind of seems to like embody these like, kind of un underlying like political leanings, you know. And I definitely think like a lot of that, a lot of stuff that's way more kind of like overtly nostalgic has this sort of. Um, conservative sort of feel to it for me but also but then like i, I can't really like hate on it because sometimes it's just great you know sometimes i'm like yeah great like i don't know like classic house or whatever I, you know sometimes yeah. it's just really fun but can't go yeah. wrong with it can't go wrong yeah. with like, garage on a saturday morning <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah no gary I, you never hear a bad word against garage from me yeah so i love this stuff it's nice. great nice. <laughs> yeah it kind of um yeah yeah like... garage is like one of the most sorry no no, no 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 you carry on carry on mm. No, no, I was going to say that. I, mean, I feel like Garage is just like such like a UK sound yeah. for me. Like when I hear it, I just feel, it makes me feel really like it's nice when I'm feeling homesick. Because I'm just like, oh, it's just like, yeah, it's just a lovely like, yeah, that's, that's so good. That's so, that's so nice. I love talking about like music, music and nostalgia. And I think we, we did we talk to Brooke about this, Hattie? I think so. I think well, we spoke quite a lot about sort of like music in like formative years. Yeah, that's right. Years. Music in formative years in and how it can years. like almost yeah. make you like mm. for me, it makes me almost sort of smell think like things from the past. It's mm, kind of mm. it's it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, like I guess like indie yeah. does that for me because that was like what was sort of everyone was listening to at least in Leicester, like when I was growing yeah. up so even it was just yeah the sound, so I think there's it like, was this it was the sound there's like time, totally yeah. value in that you know like like it, it has um a purpose like you said like if you're feeling homesick um like yeah that's that's interesting yeah actually I feel like yeah yeah, yeah. something I consciously would do and also when you're talking about um eras and like taking sort of 
sounds and recreating that. I know exactly what you mean. Like it can feel a little bit almost twee and like synthetic and whether mm. that's like a sort of intentional political um, decision or not, it is, it is strange. Yeah. I think it's just a bit like unsatisfying as well. Cause it just, it's just not like, it sounds nice and it sounds cool, but like, it doesn't sound like, oh, this is the future, you know? It doesn't give you that kind of like feeling, um, which is a really hard thing to get. person as well as well as like an audiophile there's a lot like throughout everything you're like I like the way that this looked on the page mm, I, yeah like... well I think like well quite like um definitely was quite into like I did so I had this like project at uni where we we're doing like film scores and stuff like that and we were just kind of like getting old with like art house films and stuff and then just like doing these gigs where we would like play like we would sort of like redo the soundtrack and then I kind of did that a bit. Like in Brighton, I started running a night called Lumo, my friend Reese. Um, and that was like the same thing. We would, you know, people would come and bring like 20 minute movies or whatever, or just, or, or whatever it was. Sometimes it was more kind of like visuals and stuff and kind of like score it. So yeah, I think like um, that was like. Wait, you would score it? Yeah, we would kind like of like. Live? Yeah, yeah. So Not you'd like prepare pressure. like an alternative soundtrack and then, and then kind of perform it. Um, it wasn't just us though. Like it wasn't. It was like I, I played it a few of them, but we mainly just booked other people to do it. Um, yeah, and so definitely like that's quite a big influence. And um, mm. yeah, quite interested in that kind of relationship between like sound and and like mm. visual stuff. Mm. Um, Did yeah. you study that? Uh, so I had like a module that was like film film score. Well, I don't know what it's called, like film soundtracking or whatever. Um, yeah, and that was definitely like one of my favorite modules, and like, it's definitely something that I'd love to do. I'd love to do more of. Like, I'd really love to work on a short film or something like that. Hopefully, that's something I'll get to work on in the future. Um, but yeah, I think like I was, yeah, that kind of, I definitely really informed my approach. I think in terms of like the the way that you would like build drama with with the music in a a film score was quite interesting. I thought, and. Um, yeah, I think that that sort of like I don't know, it might not actually make it into what people hear, but for me, it feels like I kind of like these like dramatic sort of like build, builds and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of informed in that way, I suppose, by that. Yeah. If you could, what or is there anything that's kind of out there? You're like, oh god, I'd love to have um, oh to score. Oh. Or anything to rescore, or are there yeah, any scores I mean, that stand out? Yeah, I my favorite, like my favorite film scores. When I was at uni, I rescored a scene for from Blue Is the Warmest Color. If you know oh, that yeah. film, and like that was really fun, and I was kind of like, oh, I'd love to like. I mean, the film doesn't have a score, which is part like part oh, of what makes it so cool. But yeah. but like, I was like, oh, I'd love to like crack a little, crack a little score on that. <laughs> um, that sound. And then also in terms of like scores that I love, like at the moment. And I just keep talking about this. I think I've talked about it on every radio show I've done <laughs> since I saw them. But like, oh, you know that film, um, Good Time, uh, sorry, well, Good Time, but also the film that came out recently was Uncut Gems. 
by the oh, Safety yeah, brothers. God. And they had like Adam Sandler Bloody and it was like, yeah, like it's really, so really, manic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so <laughs> intense. And like one of Tricks Point Never did the soundtrack for that, who's like one of my favourite artists and that. I was just like, that is just an incredible like score. But especially like on this the film the film they did before that was like Good Time. And the score for that is just incredible. Like so incredible. And that I was like, I know, I almost don't know if I would actually want to have that job telling me I could do it but like I was just like that is inc- that is so sick I just like it, uh, yeah he I think one of point never really can do intensity like really really well and it was like it's so intense I was gonna say you did actually mention before we broke off about films um about radio shows yeah that'd be quite a good segue mm. into you being behind the mic, you 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 play me and Ellie in your in your other life. <laughs> as, as a, oh right! Oh sorry! As a, yeah right! Yeah yeah! Sorry, I was just trying to piece that together. <laughs> I didn't I didn't phrase. It. I'll, I'll re-record that. I play you and Ellie in my other life. That's true. Yeah, I haven't thought of it like that before. <laughs> How does it feel to have the tables turned? Well, it feels great. I, you know, I never realised that I was you and Ellie, but looking back on it, it felt like that the whole time. Yeah, I think it's the hair. I think so, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. So, yeah, radio. So what what do you do on radio? Yeah, so, like, I I have, like, a radio... I have, like, a monthly slot on threads. And um, I kind of do this show where, like... I haven't been doing this every single time, but most of the shows I've got, like, a guest to come on. And we pick like a series of themes before so they can be like whatever so for example like we had one that was like caves and then one that was like what track you would play on a snake's birthday um Love it. And just like a series just kind of like these like prompts and then both of us have to like go away and bring in like a track each and then we we like play what we've what we've picked and then we talk a little bit about like why we picked that track and stuff like that um, and that was my friend Harry, the one that that helped me with the that did the that did the write up and helped me with the, the release and stuff. Um, it was his idea, and we did one together, and it was really great. And then, I, yeah, I've done an, I think I've actually only done two. I got a bit lazy with the other ones, <laughs> but I'm gonna do it again for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's quite fun. It's quite fun. I think again, like kind of linking into the thing of like enjoying this kind of like visual sound thing just quite fun to be like to have this mental image and see what sounds that mental image brings to mind for people um Mm. so that's been quite fun it's it's so fun just like hearing yeah it's so interesting just hearing like people's response to it like oh like that's what you think of when you think of this that's the kind of you know yeah what what did you bring to the snake's birthday so snake's birthday actually is a track by um it's a guy called Nate Smith. I don't know if you guys might know him. He's kind of like a jazz guy. Yeah. I don't really know that scene at all, but like my friend was into it and he played this record once and it just has this melody on it, which, you know, like some melodies really make you laugh. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but like, 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 in it, like, not like at it. Like, it's a really great thing, but like, it's just something about it tickles you. Like, it's just a bit like, I don't know. I can't even put it into words, but like, it just really tickles you. And I was just absolutely creasing at this, like, this melody um, on this track. And it just really had, I just, for some reason, the mental image I got was just like a bunch of snakes, just like <laughs> kind of just dancing around and just being a bit like, a bit cheeky and a bit like, ooh, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I never really got over that. I just, every time I hear it, it has me in absolute hysterics. 
And I, I don't know why. Like, it's a really, it's like a really great, it's nothing, it's not like anything bad about the track at all. It's just like, it's just something about it that, yeah, just really comes to Snake image. jazz. So, yeah, I picked that one for that. Snake jazz, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that, yeah. I love that. And what about Caves? What were you listening to in Caves? Oh, Ooh, Caves is like, I think I picked an artist called Mesh, I think, which is just really like this kind of techno track. It was just really kind of like, yeah, cavey, I guess. I can't really, I don't know. It was really like reverby and really Daddy. quite like dark. I think a lot of the, it, the Kazon was easy in a, in a way because I think like quite a lot of like, especially like a lot of techno, I think has this cavey kind of vibe to it. I almost picked Burial, but then he was the first person that came to mind, but then I listened to Burial a bit more and I was kind of like, it's actually not that. It's a really reverby and really like echoey and sort of like haunted, but in a way more like urban way like it, yeah. it's really like city focused and stuff yeah it i think barrier does sound extremely like london yeah and yeah it's i think so it definitely london. lacks the cavernness the, of yeah 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 place. exactly that's why when i listened to it, i was like actually this is like music literally like about london and like you can't i don't know it just it realistically i mean how many caves are there in london you know <laughs> Who, who knows? <laughs> Very few, I think if any. Yeah. I mean, it I would think. have been great if you did pick a burial song, though, because just the name really works with the theme. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know, thought I, I thought know. it was going to be why. I know, that's kind of what I thought. I was kind of like, yeah, burial was the one, but alas, mesh came through in the end. Okay, it's kind of back to the production side. Um, and I just wondered if you had anything that you found kind of mystifying when you started to produce or if you had any like steep learning curves and if there's anything else you're still keen yeah. to learn that's a really good question thank you definitely i found almost everything mystifying i think i also like, had this like i had this impression for ages that like everyone had this like secret of how to produce and i just didn't know it <laughs> and I, but, like i think especially like drums i found took me like a long time. And I think I'm still really, really trying to get drum sounds that I really want. And I, I'm kind of happy enough to release stuff now, but like, yeah, I think definitely for a long time, I just couldn't really get a kick to sound like how I wanted it to. I couldn't just, couldn't get snares to, I just couldn't kind of get this like, it, I think, I guess it's the thing of like, cause I was writing music, just not thinking about the the kind of like detail of it before and more just like the sort of, the composition in a more like melodic harmonic way like on guitar and like you know like using like instruments and stuff and then when I started just it's just sitting there almost like staring at the speakers being like why doesn't this drum like pop you know just dealing really with the like mix downs especially with drums yeah I think that was the, the hardest thing um just getting stuff to sound fat just to sound like almost kind of like this almost the boring side of it but it's also kind of really useful and it, it does make you feel a lot more hyped about your stuff because once you can make it sound kind of like fat and, and like it's it's really working then you can also combine that with your like the character you want for it and yeah so I think definitely like just making things sound like that's, actually that sounds really stupid I was going to say making things sound good <laughs> like <laughs> just making the productions like tight you know like no. I think that was the biggest like learning yeah. curve yeah. I think sometimes when you do like bounce it down, I think I think particularly in drums, you can kind of hear the the kind of gaps. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Of, you're like, oh, it just needs to be a little 
The drum yeah. needs to fill a little bit more space. I need to be like, yeah. uh, just there's a bit, it's hard to yeah. be from. I, I can kind of understand what you mean where it's just totally like crisp tone. Yeah, something's it. missing. It's just not hitting you. Because also like, I feel like with electronic music, it's so much about how it kind of like feels and it kind of hits your body a little bit. And like, it's just like, that's a whole new way of thinking. And it's just like, how do I make the thing where it goes, you know, or like, yeah. what you know, like all those kind of things. You're like, what is that? that fit how is that feeling how do I make it you know what I mean mm. so yeah definitely still that's still something I'm working a lot on yeah I wouldn't I don't think there's a secret club that you're not invited to so. I know I think that's the thing that I've now realized is that like no one everyone's just doing it in their weird little way you know yeah. but you always kind of have this idea when you start something that like everyone knows how to do it and you're just like clueless kind of thing but um but yeah what's your, what's your way what's your secret way any, any secrets you can <laughs> nah let's trade secrets <laughs> <laughs> 909 every track. (laughs) (laughs) What was what's the next thing you want to learn in music production? Or is there anything? Ooh. Good question. Yeah, it's hard to say really. I think like it's hard to say what the next thing I want to like learn is. Cause yeah, it's hard to say. Like, cause I think that it tends to just happen a bit gradually. Um, mm. but I think the stuff that I'm working on right now has more of a like not it's not quite club music I think it never really will be but like it's more in it hits a little bit harder and I think that's definitely something I'm focusing on right now is just like tracks that have a bit more aggro and so I, I suppose it's, it's hard to say exactly like what I'm trying to learn but like that I'm trying to learn that I suppose it's kind of more slightly more slightly harder hitting kind of um sound yeah perfect great answer i mean i I asked the question i was like i'm pretty sure you don't approach it as like a checklist of like yeah it's kind of, yeah thing. yeah yeah exactly exactly it's more just like oh like this sound is like interesting now obviously yeah perfect that's it that's it for me ellie oh, all right i get the last one all right cool um no, um, no, Lewis, it's been really nice talking to you. Um, I just wanted to... Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Anytime. Lewis, what have you got on repeat at the moment? What are you listening to? Who are you Ooh. listening to? Uh, I'm going to have to look at yes. what I've just listened to. Because you've sent what, me some amazing music, downloaded. like, this year. Oh, so right now, a new, there's a new One of Tricks Point Never release coming out, and there's eight tracks off it, which I'm listening Sweet. to... Four of them just came out, I think, earlier today. I listened to my bike ride oh. back here. Um, and there's a new Call Super album. I've been listening nice. to that quite a lot. Yep, bike um, camp, very good. <laughs> review. Think, yeah. review. I'm really very bad at, like, on the spot. I had to really look at my phone just then because I'm like, on the spot. What I've been listening to is, like, I can never think. But I'd say, yeah, new one point never and new Call Super. I've been listening to quite a lot. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Great answer. This beautiful Monday night. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. pleasure. Hit me up if you um, ever want some uh, non cracked native songs. Yeah, oh, you know what? I actually, I would love some. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I would really love that.
Thank you so much to Lewis for speaking to us. It was really nice because I know that he just come back from a German lesson. Oh, really? Oh, and gosh. I believe, yeah, yeah, he did, he did. So he was rushing here, there, and everywhere. He had a nice, a nice bottle of wine, he didn't did. he? I mean, I thought that the interview was sehr gut. That's my German for the day. Um, and I thought he did a great job. I know he was a little bit nervous and I hope we didn't scare him off too much. I think it was a really nice chat. And I can totally understand why you're like proud of how much he's grown and changed and learnt like new things. It's lovely to hear. Yeah, it was really nice to actually speak to him properly about his music making because I've, I've not managed to do that before. And uh, it's, it's so nice to speak to artists who are making music, especially when there aren't lyrics involved. Mm. But speaking through a podcast, you can really get a, a feel for for their vision and you're hearing their own words. And like a podcast is almost like their kind of lyrics in a way, in a mm, weird way. Definitely. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's really, really lovely. So thank you so much, Lewis. Yeah, thank you. You were the perfect guest. Looking forward to hanging out in Berlin. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget to pre his new EP that's come out. Some amazing artwork as well. Really, really enjoying that. Beautiful artwork. So beautiful. Yeah, we'll put it in all of our Instagram stories. All of our Instagram stories. We only have one Instagram story, <laughs> but we'll put it there and we'll have the link to buying it on Bandcamp. And you can go check that out at waveofendorphins.bandcamp.com. You can also follow Lewis directly, which is Safe Jazz on Instagram. You can also find him on Facebook and Spotify. Again, we'll have all the links in the show notes. So definitely go and check him out if you want to hear more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and whilst you're enjoying this week's ambient fix, uh, get ready for the bells that are going to be inevitably coming up soon. Indeed, indeed. Ding dong, and merrily on high. The the Christmas bell. <laughs> some really exciting news coming up for the festive season. We really do. So definitely keep your ears peeled. <laughs> I just can't get that bit right, can I? Like, whatever you do that just keeps you listening. Because, yeah, you'll definitely you'll definitely be interested in what's to come um, as we approach the festive season. I think that's possibly the funniest outro that we've ever done. Um, yeah, so keep locked in, listening to Omrid Heat. We love, living, we love hearing your reviews, so definitely leave those, share us with a friend, post on your Instagram stories. It makes us really happy. So thanks so much again for listening and see you next week for another episode of On Repeat, the podcast.